caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello, Night Nation. Welcome to the One Night Stand podcast. I'm your host, UCF Probs, and I'm here along with Money Moo. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Money Moo. All right, and you guys probably all know me from Twitter. I'm that asshole, and uh, Paul's one of my college roommates, and we wanted to start a podcast that was going to be fun, talk about UCF football, dabble in some gambling, just general football, breaking news, and whatever people are arguing about on Twitter. And uh, we're just going to you know, have a good time and just take it from there. All right, our first segment, we're going to talk about a little 2018 season preview for UCF. And we're going to start off talking about the coaching change. Obviously, that's been the hot topic all summer. Coach Heupel coming in as the former offensive coordinator for two years from Missouri. Um, He had that high-power offense over there, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we think the transition to head coach is going to be for us this season. Moo, what are your thoughts? Well, obviously, you know, Josh comes over from, sorry, Coach Heupel (laughs) comes over from Wait, do you know him personally? (laughs) Uh, I did meet him, though, at the Peach Bowl. He was a very nice guy. Uh, You can call him Josh, then. Okay, Josh. Uh, Yeah, he came over from Missouri. Missouri, if you follow them at all, at the beginning of the year, really struggled. Yeah, they lost Uh, to Purdue, like, 35 to 3 or something. Yeah, some their shit. first couple of games, they didn't even get to 17 points, which in all of our games, we got by like five minutes in the first quarter. So. <laughs> but I think it just took a little bit to get the ball rolling right, there. But right. once they did, I mean, they were just lighting up the scoreboard like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and, and the, uh, you know, for what it's worth, the SEC, which, you know, has apparently good defenses. You would think. Yeah. Um, um, don't want to, don't want to pat their back too much, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but Coach Hype, he also was a Heisman Trophy runner-up. Okay. College quarterback at Na- Oklahoma. Nas- national champion. National champion. Undefeated national champion. Oh, that's oh. that's familiar. <laughs> got, a, got a little bit of, of uh, things in common with us. <laughs> so uh, I really like what he's bringing to the table here. It's going to be an offense that is not what we saw last year. Uh-huh. Not talking about with the amount of points that we're going to score. Because that, that's going to be more. Of course, we'll be on <laughs> par with last year. However, I don't think there's going to be that scheme of the Scott Frost, you no, it's, know, Oregon kind of It's going to be different. And the one thing that all the players have mentioned is that the, the tempo is different. We're not running up to the ball and then looking over at some dumb signs with a bunch of memes and changing the play. They're running up to the ball and snapping the ball real quick. So it's it's different on that part. And everyone said the tempo's biggest change that they've noticed from year in and year out. But looking back, I mean, you know, he did have some bad games as a coordinator, but they were ranked number eight in total offense last year and number 13 the year before. His two years as offensive coordinator coming over from, was it Utah State, I think? I believe so, yes. Yeah. My one concern, though, and I don't even know if it's legitimate. I mean, obviously he hasn't been a head coach before. That transition can be hard a lot of the time, even for some of the best coordinators in college and the NFL. But obviously, he's got good rapport with the players. But how are we going to handle adversity? You know, maybe we've got a bunch of penalties and we're playing sloppy. Can he still command control of the team in like a discipline standpoint? You know, say we give up a, an opening drive touchdown and then, 
you know, throw a pick six. Obviously, it was a tip pass, not a bad throw. How are we going to recover from that? And, you know, can he kind of get the team to tighten up and get him to turn around is kind of my only concern. But, I mean, from everything I've heard, everyone, you know, he's kind of a player's coach. Everyone's getting along real good, and everyone says the offense is better. So uh, it'll be it's going to be fun to watch. Now, I know it's hard to say that you faced adversity with – an undefeated season but I will go back to a few times where I definitely uh felt like we faced some adversity last year the the very first drive for USF you know uh the dragon play both of us were there you know we saw it It, with that stadium rocking the way it was and to have that first drive go down there and really just kind of an embarrassing play yeah, um, I mean, to start it off. <laughs> I remember watching that. And I was like, "Fuck! If we don't win this, uh, that's gonna haunt us forever." Like, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we came back. We were also down late in that game. They keep replaying it on ESPNU, and you know, you have to stop whatever you're doing and watch the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> even though you've seen it a million times, I still to this day, like, even if it came on right now, I still would be nervous about losing. Because I just feel like I have no idea how we overcome that, you know, yeah, that, that's, with that's them tr- having the lead there at the end. It just didn't seem real. That's true. But uh, we, we were never down more than one score, though. That's kind of what I meant. We always, like, we weren't that far out. Well, yeah, I'd say like the biggest I, adversity we faced was Auburn coming in after halftime and scoring two touchdowns against us. And I was like, for a moment, I thought, like, oh, crap, like, this is the Auburn everyone was telling us about, but then they didn't do shit after that. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the second touchdown I remember was in it was in my end zone, yeah. and Carryon Johnson seemed like he was walking in slow motion, but he just walked yeah. right into the end zone. He did, and I felt dejected at that point. I we- thought it was totally over, but somehow the Knights <laughs> got together rallied back and the rest was history yeah well we all know how that ended all right anyway let's move on to uh randy shannon he was defensive coordinator i believe the last three seasons at florida before that head coach at miami and he had moved up from defensive coordinator at miami i think from 2000 2001 to 2005 so he had that national championship team in 2001 and then the team that should have won it against ohio state the next year they obviously had one of the best defenses in the nation during that run, but they also had like 20 future, you know, draft pick NFL players there and, and probably like five Hall of Famers on that team. But he was, you know, one of the best DCs in the country. So h- how do you feel about our coaching change on uh, the defensive side of the ball from from Chins to Shannon? Oh, I think it's a huge upgrade. A lot of people liked Eric Shenander. My opinion, not so great. Uh, when you're giving up 97 points, in the final two games of our regular season. I mean, our defense at the end, and it could have been a little bit because, you the bye know, week thing. because of the bye week thing, you know, oh. with Hurricane Irma, we play, we had to play, you know, all 13 in a row or all 12 in a row. Yeah, but um, a, a bye week doesn't justify, like, missed coverages. And it wasn't just, like, one. I mean, there was, like, a handful of times where guys were just wide open. And to me, that comes down to coaching. And, uh, you know, Chins was, like, a, a finalist for coordinator of the year his first year there. And we had a ton of forced turnovers on defense and, and kept a lot of teams from scoring. And then the season started off okay, and then it just kind of got worse and worse and worse until Auburn. So I'm not complaining, but I agree with you. I, I think it's definitely an upgrade. Shannon's last three years at UF, 
in uh, total defense ranking. He was number 31 last year, which obviously the team kind of just quit after their coach got fired. But the year before that, he was number five, and then the year before that, number eight. So we've got two former coordinators here that were like top 10 in the SEC coming to coach for us. And I think so too, Randy, having some head coaching experience, uh, I've heard from some UCF fans that maybe it's not the greatest to kind of have two head coaches right. in the locker room at the same time, but I think it's a positive. Uh, Hypo's, a, Hypo's a leader, man. It, when, when I met him up at the Peach Bowl, he, you know, he just ex- exuded as much confidence. I don't even know if that's a word, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's definitely a leader, and I don't think it's bad at all that Randy Shannon's there. Yeah, I, I remember his first press conference. He came up to the mic, and I was like, you know, this guy, I knew he was, you know, former quarterback or whatever, but so I was like, God, this guy, I mean, he's probably not used to doing these press conferences and stuff like that. I'm like, I'd be, like, nervous as hell, and he came up there cool and collected, and ever since then, I mean, I've been on board with him. All right, uh, next, let's talk a, a little bit about the depth chart. And there was a couple things that stood out to me when it was released last week. The first one was uh, Tristan Hill listed as second team, which I thought was interesting because he's been a starter since he was a freshman. When Coach Shannon was asked about it, he kind of dismissed it and said everyone rotates in, which is is pretty true for the D-line. You know, they got to keep him fresh. I mean, obviously, I think Tristan Hill is probably the best D-tackle on the team. Him and Connor should be the starters, but, I mean, who knows? They might just be doing it because he was goofing off in practice or something like that. I think when they get out there on the field, we'll, we'll actually see if, if he's really second string or not. What do you think? And we, I mean, we could be reading into this depth chart too much, too. You yeah. know, it, it was released, <laughs> so that means it was. Re- if we could get it, UConn can get it. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, Tristan Hill, obviously, we saw what he did last year. He's a beast. But, you know, you you got some playmakers on, on this defensive line. Titus Davis coming coming out from linebacker, moving right. to defensive end. A.J. Wooten's a name that I've screamed before. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Joey Connors is a senior, so you have experience there. Yeah, and, you know, the, the move for Titus Davis to DN from outside linebacker is natural. I mean, you look at his he's 6'3", 250. I mean, he's built like a DN just – you don't really have one in, in the three four defense that the chins like, so he just he you know he goes down, puts his hand on the ground, and rushes the passer pretty much the same way. One other thing that stood out to me was there's no Bam Bam there. Dedrian Bacody Sweat, who was I think injured in like the first or second game, was out for the season last year, but he had kind of been the uh, the breakout star of camp last year. Everyone was talking about him. Shaquem took him under his wing and we really hadn't heard anything about him this whole camp. It'd be interesting to see if, if he's out there because he's not even on the depth chart at all. Yeah, I really have no opinion of this guy. I've never <laughs> even seen him play. He's got um, uh, he's got like the, the red tips in his hair. Yeah, I've definitely seen him okay. before. If you've seen the Peach Bowl as many times as I have on TV, he's the one running across the field uh, <laughs> at the end there. Um, not dressed. So <laughs> no. um, I, I'm sure he's a fine player, but we just haven't seen him at all. Yeah, so that that stood out to me. Uh, one more thing, Parker, I don't know how to say his name. Boudreaux. Boudreaux, Boudreaux. He's not on the depth chart at all, and I, I think everyone just kind of assumed he would be a starter because, you know, four-star transfer from Notre Dame, but you forget, I mean, he hasn't played a snap of college football in his life. So I guess I'm surprised. I'm not really worried. Maybe it's just because he has a lot of Twitter followers. I feel like he should be starting, but I guess that really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is a little undersized for a lineman. I don't have his exact uh, 
297. Okay, maybe a little, a little undersized. But <laughs> if you've ever seen the kid, uh, look him up on YouTube. On National Signing Day, you know, to commit to Notre Dame originally, he decided he was going to pull a school bus down the street oh, really? with a rope. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah go look it up. And what did it like uncover the school or whatever? No, it didn't even do that. He just oh. got to the end and then said that he was going to Notre Dame. So. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. I like that. I like that. And then the uh, the last thing was Otis Anderson listed as utility, which is the first time ever anyone's even been listed as that position. As everyone knows, he's kind of been playing half running back and half receiver. But I guess, I mean, with our depth at running back, I think that actually gets him a chance to be out there on the field more. I mean, we're stacked at receiver. We've got the three starters are listed as Gabe Davis, Trey Nixon, the transfer from Old Miss, was it? Mm-hmm. it? With the whole, was it stripper scandal or something? Uh, so what, Something like that. <laughs> so what, whatever happened over there helped out good for us. And then Snelson starts in the slot, which is uh, where he played last year. But honestly, we've got playmakers, like a lot of them too. Um, obviously, Kalubi Ali, you know, a Heisman candidate this year for his sixth year coming back. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're stacked on that side of the ball. But anyway, Juice listed at utility was kind of an interesting thing that popped out to me. Yeah, when I saw the utility position, I wasn't really sure what that even meant in football terms. But I kind of started to think of NFL players that I would relate to Otis, uh, maybe like a Duke Johnson or a, uh-huh. a James White, you know, who, Guy, can li- I- who can line up in the slot, mm-hmm. a lot of screens, yeah, um, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, guy exactly. that can line up at receiver. I mean, he can do it all. And just yeah. remember, he was a true freshman last year. Yeah. A true freshman. And he, he was a huge part of our offense. Yeah, he really was. I mean, it's crazy. Like, when was his breakout game? Was it the Navy game, I think? When we really first started to see him? Like, a I lot? I remember he had a really good Navy game, but obviously... I, I saw him. In, well, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I remember I was watching the Maryland game the other day, and I actually saw him in the game, and I was like, "Wow!" I didn't even know who that was at the time. Like, I knew of him, but I didn't even realize he was in the game. But uh, he actually had, a, I would say, two or three sixty-plus yard runs. They just didn't get to the end zone. Yeah, you know. Whereas Killens, right? There's no touch at him. Yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, Traquan blocking downfield on those too. Really stuck out to me. Um, all right. So let's move on from the depth chart and go into, uh, we're going to go in a little bit of a season preview here. So let's talk about the win total here. Vegas has it set at nine and a half wins, and that's regular season only. So there's 12 games. That means three losses and you lose the bet. Um, I've already hammered the over for no reason other Lay than Lay in the hammer. <laughs> no reason other than I'm just a degenerate gambler, UCF fan. And a huge fanboy. So that means I think it, for me to win, we have to get two losses or less. Um, so let's go down the uh, down the schedule and, and talk about some of these games. So let's go with the slam dunk, forget about it, wins right. of the year. I think number one is this Thursday at UConn. Uh-huh. Number two, South Carolina State. Who? Do we ever lose to Division Two teams? Uh, yeah, actually. And, well, no. <laughs> we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about Furman. <laughs> uh, so there's two right there. I think you really have to go all the way down to October 20th for a sl- another slam dunk win at East Carolina. Right. Um, they're in a huge rebuilding process. I don't know Temple. That's a sneaky team. Like it's obviously not a sexy team name. Like oh Temple, you know nobody gets like real amped up about them. I don't know anything. But, you about know Temple. we've we've yeah. lost to Temple. That 
the game two years ago, we lost to Temple by one freaking we point. We did, and because Scott Frost, that was terrible coaching at the end, but because we let them drive the ball on us with, they got the ball like 40 seconds, drove yeah. down for a touchdown. I thought the game was over already. Yeah. But because of that, that win gave them the same conference record as USF, and they had the tiebreaker over USF, so they got to play in the conference championship game, not USF preventing them from winning the division and having a chance at winning the conference. So that was awesome. So but it was kind of okay. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, that that could be a game. So we'll leave it in the maybe pile. Okay. But I would say the four slam dunk win, and you're at the end of the year, and we're only at four is Cincinnati. Yeah. So where are the other six going to come from? Well, I mean, we can win the other games. It's just they're not going to be, you know, blowouts, I think. Go down there. What's the first hard game, obviously, is going to be? UNC. UNC. On the road. Yep quote-unquote power five they weren't that good last year and they're not gonna have their starting quarterback they're not gonna have their starting d tackle why is that or they sold their jordan shoes team switched to the jordan brand it was a year or two ago they give them all player only issued shoes uh obviously jordans are like the most collectible shoe and if you google it you can actually buy the unc shoes they're they're, they're on some website for three thousand bucks what do you expect when you give kids shoes that are worth that much? It's kids that don't have any money for anything. Of course they're going to sell them. I'm not really happy the kids got suspended. It helps us, even though I'd like them to be at full strength when we play yeah. them. No, I don't like I don't like cheap wins. But, what, what the hell do you expect, though? You give kids these shoes and expect them not to sell them? Of course they're going to sell them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it kind of is what it is, but they, they're not going to have a lot of their starters. And- yeah. I think it's actually, I think it's only two, a bunch of their starters are suspended, but it's only for two games. Only two starters are suspended for the four. It's like their D-tackle and their quarterback, which is actually kind of a big deal. But, uh, I mean, no, I see us winning that game. And then what's next? Is FAU or is it Pitt? We got FAU next. FA who? <laughs> FA who in the dungeon. <laughs> Friday night. I'm actually not going to be able to make it to this game. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> they need me. But, um... Yeah, Florida Atlantic, you got Lane Kiffin, the Lane Train. The Lame Train, that's with an M. Coming up to Orlando. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know anything about this team other than their running back. They, they got a bunch of like good transfer players and like a bunch of criminals from Last Chance U or something like that, but I, I don't know. Uh, we'll talk more about them later when we, when we get into our game previews of this week. So that after that we've got Pitt, who was three and seven last year. But one of their wins was against Miami. Maybe Miami was just overrated. I'll take it. And then what else? You got SMU at home on October sixth. That's a toss up game. I really think you know, SMU played us really tough last year. On the road, but yeah. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a winnable game. It's just not a slam dunk win. And then October thirteenth at Memphis. This is the one game that I have on the whole schedule that I think we won't be favored in. Yeah. I mean, because I I see Memphis as either being undefeated or one loss. I see us being either undefeated or possibly one loss. And if that's the case, we're going to be pretty close in the rankings and it being a home field or it being away, we could be getting some points, but we'll see. There's a lot of football to be played until then. And then what else? But East Carolina, that's the slam dunk win. Uh, Then you got a bye week, then Temple, then I've got this one circled, Navy. Yeah, I mean, Navy's... Navy at home, homecoming. Dude, they're so boring to watch on offense. They are pretty boring, but they are returning a lot of starters. Uh, 
Zach Aby, who was the starting quarterback last year. If he didn't get hurt, we might not have won that game. That well, they actually moved him to wide receiver. But they don't throw the ball. Well, well, they, <laughs> when they do, it seems to work because they lulled our defense to sleep last time. But yeah, no, their other quarterback is a lot smaller but quicker, whereas AB was a a bigger kind of more powerful option runner. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that'd be fun at least. And then of course our last game is a, a de facto home. Actually, I'm not even gonna say it's de facto. It's no, a home. It's a home game. It's yeah. just a home game in Tampa. We both have to drive about an hour from our campus to get to the stadium. I, I mean, mean I, I <laughs> easily this year I think we're gonna outnumber them in there. We better outnumber them. If we don't, I'm gonna be upset. There's because, plenty of room. Yeah. Buy your tickets now. And obviously we're we've we've got more momentum as a fan base, and uh, there's really no excuse. I, even two years ago we had a good crowd, but I'd definitely like to see us outnumber them. But please make it a night game so I can go. What? Why can't you? <laughs> oh, cause it's on. Yeah, I can't, it's, I on it's on Black Friday. 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 Yeah, so what? Well, you got to shop. You got to get in line. <laughs> You gotta get I your. I do have a day job. If you, you hadn't noticed, you gotta get but, your hundred dollar TV at Walmart yeah. or whatever. Wait in line, <laughs> fight off all the poor so people. Please uh, make it a night game, and then we'll all celebrate at the casino after. You mean the strip club, right? Right. Okay, just making sure. Um, okay. So that being said, and I know it's obviously not that easy, and I think as a fan base, we've gotten like brainwashed, I guess, by by last season. You forget, like it's it's really hard to go undefeated, but. Can we go undefeated this year? Do you want like a percentage chance? Yeah, give me, my perc- give me a percentage. Opinion, I, yeah, I think a completely undefeated, like all the way. Well, that's that's what undefeated means. Uh, regular season. Regular we'll, we'll talk se- about the rest okay, later. Okay, regular season undefeated. I I would say there is a fifteen percent chance. Okay. I would, I, would, because, I would say like 33, but I'm I'm really biased. And and it's hard not, not to be with this. Yeah, and I'm pretty biased too, but not that I that I have any doubts about this team uh-huh. because I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, I really think that this team is better as yeah. a whole yeah. than our team last year. And I truly do believe that mm-hmm. the only thing is, is that, you know, last year we had four very close wins, obviously zero close losses. Those yeah. things tend to even out, yeah. you know, over time. That's true. A turnover margin. I uh-huh. think I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think we had the best turnover margin in all of college football. We did. It was like plus twenty one or something ridiculous. Another huge stat that tends to even out over the years. Now it doesn't say when it will even out. Yeah. But eventually, it, you know, or maybe it does. maybe we're just that much better though. No, I get. I mean, there's there's different kinds of turnovers. There's like there's bad passes, and then there's like unlucky fumbles, which obviously aren't the same thing. Mackenzie was really smart with throwing away the ball and not trying to force it. I mean, there's only maybe like four or five interceptions I remember last year. Where it was just like as soon as he threw it, I knew he he regretted it. You know, there's sometimes there's fumbles. I mean, those are the things that you can have a bunch of, and you just you can't really prevent it. I mean, it's just a luck thing. And then obviously forcing him on defense is different, but you know, like I said before, I think we're going to be better on defense. But it happens. I mean, it's football. Say it's a game of inches, so you know, you know, anything yeah, I can mean, happen. But. It can, and I mean, and that's the other thing too. I mean, we could actually be a lot better than we were last year, and then just shit the bed one game. I mean, that, you're right. It's football. It happens. It's you know, there's no guaranteed victories or anything like that. No matter how much better you are than the other team. Next up, say we do go undefeated, do we make the playoff? I can make the case either way. What do you think? So my first kind of thought is absolutely. I know the committee is only supposed to look at, you know, the body of work from this season. Uh But, 
you know, we're all human. You can't forget or not have in your head, you know, our, our claims of a national championship, our undefeated season, all the media, all the press. That's got to be in their heads. Uh-huh. And for them to sit in that room or wherever they are and you see a team that's won 26 games in a row, played them all, won them all. Yeah. And we've played power five teams. Yeah. We've played top 25 teams. Uh huh. You know, we've played and beat top 10 teams. And you're telling me that after all that, we're not even the fourth best team in the country? Yeah. But here's the thing, though a lot of it has to do with who those top four teams are. But, you know, say Clemson's undefeated, say like Ohio State's undefeated, you got like 12 and 1 Bama. And, uh, you know, some other 12-1 and team from, like, the ACC, Florida State, or, or no, I guess I said Clemson, whatever conference I left out. If you've got teams like that, I think they're still going to struggle to put a 13-0 UCF team over us because they're going to be like, oh, well, they only played stupid Pitt and, and, and North Carolina and FAU. That was their best game, and that's not even a Power 5 team. Like, I'm, I can hear the excuses already. But then again, our problem last year was we didn't start ranked. Yeah, that's true. We weren't ranked, I think, until till week four. We yeah. were number twenty-five, and then we we got to eighteen in in the college football playoff rankings. And then each week, I expect us to move up three, and then we 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 wouldn't move up, and then we get passed by a three-loss Mississippi, like a six and three Mississippi State team. And then that's when you knew they weren't just gonna let us go higher because they knew if they put us up in the top ten, we'd have to be in the conversation for the playoff if it came down to that. And you know, at the time. There was undefeated Wisconsin, undefeated Miami, but those teams ended up losing, and they didn't want to be in a situation where they'd have to even talk about us being in the playoff because we, we were like 15 up until up until the the last time the last rankings came out when we were 12. Exactly. Actually, we were number 15 with five weeks left in the season, and we only made it to number 12. Yeah, that, and that's, that's as teams were losing like crazy ahead of us. And, I mean, this year, what are we starting? The AP, we're starting at 21. 21. Okay, yeah, it's not great. It's kind of a slap in the face. I saw something the other day that that said for it's the lowest ranking, and I think the second lowest was number six, Mm -hmm. with a returning starting quarterback of an undefeated team the previous year. The lowest a team has ever been ranked the season after Mm -hmm. was number six, except for us. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we get 21. Yeah, it is what it is. And is Scott Frost really worth that much? There's nothing we can do. You're right. Yeah, I think we got better at coaching, but it, that's you know that's the excuse. And you look at when when USF had a coaching change, even though it was Charlie Strong, who has actually sucked pretty much everywhere he's gone. He's horrible. Um, but it was a name that a name with head coaching experience that people knew. They were ranked 21 off of like a 10 and three season. So you're right. It doesn't make sense, but. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Some of the writers had it out against us. Hey, well, I'm fine with playing with a chip on Brett our shoulder Brett McMurfuck or whatever cool. the hell his name is. Uh, didn't leave us on his, didn't even put us on his rankings. And uh, a couple other guys. But, you know, whatever. At least, like you said, at least we started off ranked. So, we're good there. All right, let's move on. Let's get into another segment. Money Moves Picks of the Week. Uh, so, I'll, I'll let you start us off. All right, I am Money Moo, and this is the Money Moo Picks of the Week. We're going to go through five games a week. We'll kind of keep a little tally of how I do during the season. These are all my picks. Uh, these have not been revealed to pro- to problems yet. <laughs> um, but he will give you his little insight, whether he agrees or disagrees. All right, so start us off. What do we got? 
So, game number one, we have West Virginia uh, minus 10 versus Tennessee. I gotta say, Tennessee is always, I feel like, always the most overhyped, overrated team at the beginning of the year. Them and the Gators. (laughs) I mean, let's face it, they haven't done anything since Peyton Manning left. Yeah. But meanwhile, Will Greer, I think, will continue to sling it all over the place for West Virginia. Uh, as he starts his new Heisman campaign. And the game is in Charlotte. I'm pretty sure half the volunteer fans won't even be able to find this city on a map. So I'm going to give the home field advantage to uh, West Virginia and go with West Virginia the minus 10. All right. Second game, this is actually my game of the week. Ooh. So throw a couple extra shekels on there. (laughs) Uh, I got Louisville. I'm taking Louisville plus 24 and a half versus that school from Alabama. So the defending co-national champions. Defending co-national champions, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, 24 and a half, given 24 and a half to uh, Louisville. This is just way too many points. And I'm not so sure about that Tua, Tagaviga, whatever. (laughs) Tagavai, whatever. Yeah, I see him kind of struggling in the first half. It, I mean, he did some cleanup duty like during the year for Alabama when they were up, you know, yeah, by six, seven Yeah, we've only touchdowns. seen him in 30 minutes of meaning, meaningful football, and he's now the Heisman favorite. I just got, I think, or second favorite. I got a thing on my phone just now from ESPN. He's 5-1, to one, and we've, we've barely seen the kid play. I mean, obviously, yeah, he was good in high school, and he had a good second half, but he's not that good, and we haven't seen him at all. And he's not even, he wasn't even named the starting quarterback. I don't know if you saw an interview of Saban the other day, but they haven't, they listed him as co-starters, so maybe we'll see one half of each of them. And it was against a Georgia defense who got ripped to shreds by who else but Auburn. <laughs> Very good point there. So anyway, uh, yeah, I kind of see him struggling. Quarterback controversy. Nick Saban possibly getting distracted by the plane flying overhead from the <laughs> UCF Twitter mafia. Shout out Chad Barr Law, PA, or whatever you're called. Lawyer named Chad Barr. Thank you for doing that. You know, reading who the true natty champs are here. If you haven't heard, um, I guess the Twitter, the UCF Twitter mafia uh, has gotten some donations together, and they, they will be flying a plane before... Actually, I think he paid for it all on his own. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah, Chad, but- Chad Barr, some lawyer. Before, uh, uh, plug, plug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't Chad, any, if you're hey, out there. You want to be our first sponsor, Chad? <laughs> so they're going to be flying a plane. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to say, but something trolling Alabama with UCF in, their, yep. in our national championship. Yep, for th- three hours over the tailgate on Saturday, which I have a front row ticket to this game. I was going to make a big sign, but it's also my uh, it's my my girlfriend's mom's birthday, 50th birthday party. And I haven't really told her that I'm not going yet, and uh, no. I don't know how this is going to go over. So no, I might, this is true. This I, is the real test of the relationship <laughs> here. So I, uh, I might be doing a Twitter giveaway for this ticket, or I, I might be single on Saturday and at the game. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Or, or maybe she'll just be cool and not let me go. Well, either way, uh, I think Bama wins. Uh, <laughs> I think they win by about three touchdowns, but 24 and a half is, is just too many points. So, yeah, I definitely take Louisville plus 24 and a half. I like it. All right, what's next? The next one is I've got Miami minus three and a half versus LSU. This is another neutral field game. This one, I think, is at Jerry's World in Arlington. Miami looking to bounce back after their horrible endings the horrible ending to their season last year. 
Well, maybe was, they were just overrated all year and they just came that's started playing true, true to you form. Know, yeah. the, there's a lot of I talked about bottom dwellers earlier. There's a lot of bottom dwellers in the ACC. Yeah. You know, Boston College. <laughs> I uh, forgot they even existed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just go back to seeing some experts have them in the playoff and I really don't think that they're anywhere near a playoff team. I, However, I, I don't even think. I mean, they're. I think they're maybe the third or fourth best team in their conference. I mean, Clemson is obviously the best, and I think FSU. I mean, I know they had six losses last year, but they were definitely better than their record was, and they're coming back full strength this year, and, and they're pissed off. Well, I kind of disagree. I don't think they're that great, but all right, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of. <laughs> but uh, looking at the LSU's schedule, though, I mean, they have SEC juggernauts, you know, the whole rest of the way. So this is pretty much a must-win for LSU. Looking at their schedule, so I feel pretty confident in picking Miami. Okay, cool. I'll I'll take it. The U turnover chain. Game number four, another underdog got FAU. I like this one. Florida Atlantic plus 21 versus Oklahoma. This is in Stillwater. I still think Oklahoma has a little bit of a Baker Mayfield hangover. They could struggle at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, so first start for this quarterback, can't remember his name. The guy that signed a huge baseball contract but wants to risk his career playing football at whatever. (laughs) And you know those kids at FAU have been just chomping at the bit for months. Yeah. Months. I mean, they're going to be flying, riding high. Yeah, and I mean, this is a game that, obviously, as UCF fans, we're hoping they win this because that'll probably get them ranked, get them on the national radar, and really set us up for an awesome showdown Friday night here in about a month. I I completely agree with problems on this one. Us as UCF, we need FAU to win this game. We want, I mean, not just FAU, we're rooting for all of our opponents to win every game besides the one against us. You know, UNC going over to Cal, start off the season Saturday. Yeah, so I, I really think FAU plus 21. I, I think Oklahoma, they might, you know, they might get up 28, 35 points maybe at the end, uh, but I think they fall asleep, and FAU's got no quit, no quit in them. So, yeah, I, I think this game's going to be a lot closer than people think, regardless if, if, of who wins. I, I think the points are, it's going to be an easy cover. All right, so now on to my fifth and final game, I'm going to take a huge favorite here kind of a homer pick but i i truly believe in this in this pick is ucf which is a 23 and a half point favorite at uconn now one interesting fact here is that uconn played against missouri where coach heupel was the offensive coordinator last year um missouri stomped on him 52 to 12 uh so heupel's seen you know what they bring to the table, which is not much, but mm-hmm. he at least has a little bit of experience with them. And right. UConn's also returning their leading receiver, a guy named Her- Hergie Mayala, okay. and also their <laughs> leading rusher, Kevin Mensa. Right. Even though their offense is basically nothing, that they are returning some starters. So <laughs> the other bad thing is that they're starting six freshmen on defense. <laughs> six freshmen at once. Uh, that's something I don't even think UCF problems can handle. That, that, that sounds like a like a slow week for me back in the day. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> anyway. All right, so that's, so that's it. Let's recap the picks real quick. You've got West Virginia, Louisville, Miami, FAU, and UCF, right? That's correct. All right. 5-0. and oh, Let's, get, let's get that money. Let's go. All right. Our next segment is called Knights in the NFL. 
and we've got two guys I really want to talk about. First one is Shaquem Griffin, who actually has a chance to start next Sunday for the Seahawks. He's been playing weak side linebacker for them. It's kind of the opposite of what he did in college. And their current starter, veteran, K.J. Wright, is having his, his knee scoped or something, which I don't know what that means. But if apparently if they're looking at it too long and he's not going to be ready, and Shaquem will get the start. Um, so what do you think about that? I think it's going to be a smooth transition for Shaquem. And especially if you saw that first preseason game, kid's just a magnet to the ball. Yeah. I mean, if you couldn't find who had the football, you look <laughs> at where number 49 was. Yep. And that. It doesn't matter if he didn't get credit for, you know, a solo tackle, a total tap. He was there. Yep. And, and they- it, it, if you look or if you watch, he was actually he was in on the first four tackles of every every one of the first plays he was in in his first NFL minutes. And uh, he actually ended up with nine tackles for the game, which is, I mean, that's insane. But for any of us that have been watching him these last two years, I mean, that's not really surprising at all. But I think. Even I'm surprised maybe a little bit by how easy his transition has been to the NFL. Maybe it's just because I heard all the all of his critics and everything through the draft process and, and all the negative stuff. But, I mean, he, he looked like he didn't miss a beat at all going I mean, there. for his whole life, all he's done is silence the haters, yeah. silence the doubters. Yeah. And just... Put one ounce of doubt on this kid, and he he'll make you think he'll make you think twice. <laughs> so that'll be something to definitely watch for. Obviously, NFL starts a week after college, but um, that'll be something to, to look out for because I mean, I, I that'd be so cool if he got to start out there, especially you know being with his brother and everything too. I mean, you, you can't you can't make stories like this up. Oh yeah, this, and this I, is awesome. I, they feed off of each other too. Yeah, like, yeah. The, you could feel the energy when, when they're both on the field together. You know, it was the only the one season at UCF where they were both on the field. Hey, our defense was a lot better in, in 16. I believe so as well. Yeah. Um, and then, all right, so our next night in the NFL update is Traquan Smith, who's kind of been one of the breakout stars of training camp. I mean, he was supposed to, he was kind of buried down the depth chart when he was first drafted behind a bunch of veterans. Came out, he led the Saints in targets his first two preseason games and I think he led the team in, in total receptions with 10 over these three preseason games uh, he had a touchdown in the last one too and they're saying he's got a real chance to start over new free agent signing of Cam Meredith who came over from the Bears but had a knee injury and actually has missed some preseason um, so he could be starting in the slot alongside you know Michael Thomas and, and Ted Ginn Jr. You know, having Drew Brees chuck him the ball, um, which would be pretty exciting to see. So his stats from last year, and now that I look at it, it's going to be kind of tough to replace. <laughs> but uh, uh, 59 catches, 1,171 receiving yards, and 13 tutties. Yeah. Uh, Is that a record? I think that might have been second most all time it, in a season, I think. I think you're right. It does say, this little sheet I have here, it does say that he is the third, uh, he has the third most career receiving yards in UCF football history. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, he he was awesome. But, I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of other good receivers to replace him. Obviously, no one will be the same as him, but we definitely have some talent there, especially with the transfer, Trey Nixon and, and Gabe Davis there. I mean, who was, who was good last year. Yeah, Gabe Davis, another guy, a true freshman <laughs> again. Just, I mean, what's it with you and freshmen, dude? They We're just, not in college <laughs> anymore. Stop being creepy. <laughs> this, I mean, Scott Frost 
what, what balls he had to play so many freshmen that these kids were playing like I didn't realize that yeah. how many freshmen were contributing to this team and it gets me really excited to know <laughs> that they're going to be around here for a few more years. It's nice. Know? We don't it's not just one and done or two years and done. I mean, exactly. even Milton, the fact that we're getting, you know, three good years, well, hopefully three. Uh, although, I mean, if he leaves the NFL, can't really blame him, but uh, as a UCF fan, I hope we get, you know, we're going to get three awesome years out of him. And at the end of the day, I mean, he's going to have rewritten all of our record books. Okay, so moving on, our last segment here, we've got some questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted them on Twitter. And if you have any more questions for us, just feel free to tweet them for the next show. Uh, Moo, what do we got? Okay, so one of the questions that I got was, uh, and it was actually a question that I had as well, there's a lot of interest over who is going to be replacing Mike Hughes, not in the defensive role, but as a kick returner and punt returner. Uh-huh. Um, who, do th- who do you think is spe- going to be doing it? Well, a lot of speculation around this over the last few months, and I guess the the first choice would would probably be Adrian Killens just because of his you know breakaway speed. Right. However, he was uh, actually one. I mean, he, him and Hughes. I think he did the kickoffs and Hughes did the punts to start off last year. And then when we realized how good Hughes was, we just let him do both. He's just too valuable of an asset, and. He only weighs 164 pounds, so when you have him running down the field, you know, as a running back, when when you don't have another human being running as fast as he can the other way trying right. to tackle you, right? You know, it's, it's a little more dangerous. Yeah, so. no, I, I agree. I agree. So, who do you think is going to fill the shoes of Hughes? Well, a little birdie told me that there's a guy that you know was a little bit involved last year not uh-huh. as probably not as much as i would have liked mm-hmm. um but he does have size clue alley no oh no not from <laughs> although he does have good size um he's got the speed and he definitely has the break tackle ability uh-huh. which could be like half the guys on our offense honestly right. what are you thinking of last year another true freshman oh man <laughs> you really do love freshmen marlon williams yeah okay all right i could see that i mean you saw that play i think it was against cincinnati it was either a screen or like a really quick handoff it was like 70 yards or something like that Looked like it was gonna be maybe a two three yard gain yeah and i think the kid broke you know four or five tackles ended up being a 50 60 70 yard yeah uh play he, he moves fast for a guy with his size i agree He's, he's definitely good, and it'd be cool to see him out there returning kicks. If I had to guess, I would say Dredrick Snelson, but that's not based off anything but just pure guessing. Uh, just He seems like he's got kind of the open field ability with you know some of the plays he made last year. Yeah, I mean, Snelson's a great player, and he's probably going to be our leading receiver, but I just yeah. don't see him in the kick or punt return role yeah. at all. All right, well, well, I guess we'll just have to wait uh, and see on Thursday. All right. Uh, do you got anything else? No, I don't. Th- I don't think I really have anything else. It's just a lot of pent up excitement <laughs> yeah. and anticipation. You know, the last time we really had any UCF football was January first. It's crazy, you know, eight, man. Over eight months ago. I've been waiting for this all summer, so and I think we can finally say it. Football's back. Football is back. Woo! I can't wait for Thursday. 
All right, so thank you all for listening to our first show here. We really appreciate it. Um, any feedback or comments or questions you have for the next show. Good or bad, please y- let us yeah, know. Yeah, uh, honestly, we'd appreciate it. So you can just tweet me all of that. I think that's it. So thank you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Go Knights. Go Knights. My name is Wally.